Father, thank together to worship, to lift your name up. And uh, thank you for this group of folks who are willing to continue to serve you, to live for you, to put their hearts and lives in your hand. And God, in the next few moments as we look into your word, I pray that your spirit would be free to touch our hearts, to speak to us. Thank you for this time of worship. And thank you for the ministry of your spirit to our hearts and our lives. We pray that you would speak to us and encourage us in our walk with you. And if there's folks here who are just exploring what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ, I pray that they would run into Jesus this morning and they would understand who he is and how much he loves them and cares for them and the plan that he has for their life. So speak to us, minister to us. We'll praise you for how you do that in your name. Amen. We've been wandering through the entire Bible, the whole story, and we're going to continue with that this morning. Going to be in the book of First Chronicles this morning, and I know that has been a constant read for most of you. You uh, love the book of First Chronicles, and you read it over and over again, and uh, a lot of you probably have the whole book memorized, and so nothing that I have to say today will be new to you. And if you don't uh, feel the sarcasm in that, then you have missed out completely because Chronicles 1st and 2nd are not something that we typically spend a lot of time reading often. We try to get by those books because um, often we look at them and go, man, what could be really in, in this book? So this morning we're going to look at the whole story again and look at the book of 1st Chronicles. I want to mention something to you before we jump into that. If you were with us in March, um, we were beginning to talk a lot about our capital campaign rooted and what was coming with that. And I just want to give you a heads up that we're headed that way in September, uh, toward the end of September, that that will be starting back up again. And uh, just be praying for that. I know a lot of you as leaders, uh, first of March, we had all of our, about 130 of our leaders together and did a couple evening meals together and talked about this coming up. And then COVID hit and everything kind of got squirrely for a while. But we believe God is still pushing us in that direction. And so that'll be coming up in September. Keep your eyes open, your ears open, and there'll be more information about that. If you have your Bible, I'm going to be in 1 Chronicles. At the end of it, I'm going to be at chapters 28 and 29 if you want to follow along in your Bible. I'm going to be talking about something called God's design. And I love design. I like, I like, I like a blueprint. I like working off a blueprint. I like seeing what happens as you work off a blueprint. I like the end product when I've worked with a blueprint. And God is the master designer. There's nothing that God does that is not, does not have design. He doesn't react. He has a plan. And what we're going to be talking about this morning is just one more small micro picture if you will, of God's design. The last four weeks, we've been in First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings, and those two, those four books are really one history book, and they're the history of the kings of the nation of Israel, 
It doesn't go into detail on all the kings' lives, but you have 20 kings that were part of the nation of Israel, 20 kings that were part of Judah, that the nation of Israel split in half. It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't even God's plan for them to have kings in the first place, but they wanted that. And so 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings show us this picture of the history and all of the mistakes that the kings made and how far they led the people of God away from God. You had a few righteous kings, a few just kings in there, but even that didn't hold people to following God. And so those four history books were the story of the nation of Israel as a whole and their struggle honoring God. And so the last four weeks, that's what we've looked at. We've talked about that, how God was faithful in spite of these people and their unfaithfulness to God. The books of First and Second Chronicles are a little different. It's like the Gospels. Remember how the Gospels, four Gospels, paint the same picture, same period of time? Well, First and Second Chronicles do that again. They go back and give us a picture once again of what happened in First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. And so as we're telling the story this morning, we're going to go backwards. We're going to go back about 400 years, back to David. And that's where First Chronicles is going to pick up. And it's going to show this story once again of, of the nation of Israel, but it's going to come from a different angle this morning. And the angle that First Chronicles comes from is the angle of worship and the priests. And kind of paints a picture of how the nation of Israel is supposed to honor God. And 1 Chronicles is written after the exile into Babylon. It's after all the kings are done. And the writer, we believe, is Ezra. And he's looking back and he's, he's looking at what used to happen in, in Jerusalem and what the worship used to look like and how excited the people were to follow God. And so it's the same period of time that's covered just from a different angle. And so this morning we're going to look at 1 Chronicles, which covers a period of time of about 40 years. Second Chronicles is going to cover about 460 years. But 1 Chronicles only has about a 40-year snapshot for us. And it's going to tell us what it was like to live and worship God in the city of God, really the city of Jerusalem. And this was before their captivity, before everything was ripped out of their hands because they disobeyed God. So last week I showed you what a godly king over Judah was like, God, the godly king Josiah, and the fact that he honored God and he gave all of himself to God. And this morning I want to go back even farther to David and Solomon, and I want to talk to you about when they their hearts were soft to the person of God, to the character of God, and what happened in their lives when they said yes to God. About four weeks ago, Pastor Mike was talking to you about David and the fact that David wanted to build the temple of God, a place for God to worship. And he referred to the fact that God told him no. God said, no, I don't want you to build my temple. I have another plan for you. God's design is often different than ours. Anybody experience that? That God's design is often different than ours. And even as Christ followers, even when our hearts are tender toward God and we give ourselves completely to God, often what we think God is about to do isn't at all what he's doing. 
He has a different plan for us. And we see that in the life of David. David is passionate to follow God. He wants to give his all to God. And he thinks it's a great idea to build this temple where all of the people of Israel could worship God. And God says no. If you look at 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 2 and 3, it says this. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Listen to me, my brothers and my people. It was in my heart to build a house as a resting place for the ark of the Lord's covenant and as a footstool for our God. I had made preparations to build, but God said to me, you are not to build a house for me and for my name because you are a man of war and you have shed blood. My plan versus God's plan often very different. And David, in his heart of hearts, he loves God. And if you read the Psalms, you see a picture of a man whose heart was, was very tender to God. Yeah, he made a lot of mistakes and he did a lot of things that were way outside the realm of what God had for him. But he would come back and he would humble himself before God and his heart was right before God. And he's like, I want to give you a dwelling place. It's a great idea. And God goes, no. No, that's not what I have for you. And at this point, David could have done what a lot of us do. He could have thrown himself a pity party. You ever been there? I didn't get my way. Now, we always say it's kids that do that. But I've seen a lot of adults who throw pity parties. And when they don't get their way, they sulk and they moan and they groan and they're depressed, and they're really hard to be around. You know what I'm talking about. God, I thought this is what I was getting. I thought this is what you had for me, and it doesn't happen. And so you wander away to a corner, and you hang your head, and you pout. Now, I know no one here has ever done that, so I'm just talking about those people who struggle with that, okay? And David could have done that. God, I had this great plan for you, but you said no. But it's not what he did. He looked at God and he said, God, what's your design? And God gave him an answer. God said, I want your son Solomon to be the one who builds this temple. Look at verse 6 of the same chapter, chapter 28, verse 6. He said to me, this is God speaking to David, your son Solomon is the one who is to build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. God looks at David and he said, David, I don't want you building the temple, but I've chosen one and he's in your family and I want your son Solomon to do that. Now, once again, David could have looked at God and said, what? He's going to have the privilege of doing it. I don't want my son to be, I don't want him to be the one who built it. Everybody's going to say that Solomon built the temple and not me. Folks, that's us sometimes, right? Our pride and our selfishness gets in the way of God's design. And we're like, God, I know you want to, you have a work you want to do. I know you want to do something special, but I want to be the one who does it. Don't tell me my son Justin's going to do it. I mean, that. It's the same, right? He's 13. What are you talking about, God? God says, I have a plan. I have a design. 
And I've chosen your son by design to build this temple for me. And I love David's response. I love what David does. If you look at verses 9 and 10, he says this. As for you, Solomon, my son, know God, the God of your father, and serve him wholeheartedly and with a willing mind. God has put his hand on you. And so Solomon, look, know the God that I know. Because he has a design for your life. He's got a plan for your life. So Solomon, look, look to God. Trust the God that I've trusted. Know him with your whole heart. Know him with your whole mind. Stop right there for a moment in that passage, guys. Parents, let me speak to you for a moment. Don't assume because you're following God that your kids know God. Don't make the assumption. Don't assume because you go to church every week that your kids know God. We don't inherit a relationship with God. Just because my father was a godly man, and he was, he taught scripture, he spoke places, he, he was involved in ministry of all different types and kinds and missions and all kinds of stuff, but just because he was a godly man does not mean that I would be. That is a relationship that I have to choose to follow God on my own. I have to make a decision to be a Christ follower. I have to say yes to God. I have to humble myself and my heart to the person of God. I have to yield to the will of God. Parents, do not assume because you are a Christ follower that your your kids are also a Christ follower. Lead them to the feet of Jesus Christ. Lead them and introduce them to a relationship to Jesus Christ. Help them to understand that the grace and the mercy of God are for them too. And it's by meeting Jesus Christ in a personal way that they too can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is David's prayer here. He looks at Solomon and he says, Solomon, my son, God has a design and a plan for your life. I know that he wants to use you to build my temple. But in order to do that, you need to know God with your whole heart. And you need to give your heart and your life to God. That verse goes on and he says this, For the Lord searches every heart and understands the intent or intention of every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you abandon him, he will reject you forever. Realize now that the Lord has chosen you to build a house for a sanctuary. Be strong and do it. I love this verse. I love this charge from a father to a son where he says, look, I know God has a plan for you. Parents, you have the right to look at your children in the eye and go, I know that God has a design for your life because God has a design for all of our lives, every one of us. And you can look at your children and say, look, by God's design, he wants to use you to bless people, to encourage people, 
to farther the kingdom, further the kingdom of God, to engage people so that they could see and understand the truth about who Jesus Christ is. That's what God wants for you, for your family, for your children. David sees the hand of God on Solomon's life. He agrees with God and he blesses Solomon. And he says, Solomon, what you're going to do is going to be awesome for God. In the next verse, you'll realize this if you take time to read that passage through that David doesn't just stop by some verbal assent or some verbal blessing on his son or by looking at his son saying, man, God's got something for you. This is going to be great. Go for it. He doesn't end there. David gives Solomon every ounce of his support that he possibly can. Don't miss the importance of this passage. Parents, Sometimes we look at our kids and we say, I want you to follow God, but I need you to go do this first. I want you to follow God, but I want you to get this education. I want you to follow God, but I want you to take over my business. I want you to follow God, but I want... And we put pressure on our children to become something that God is not asking them to be at all. We put pressure on them to go places, to do things, because we think it's important for them. And it's good for us to think and help and encourage our kids. But David here comes alongside of his son, and he doesn't just say, hey, God bless you, go do this. He said, I am behind you 100%. God has a design, and I'm all in for you. Look at what he does. David responds to the plan of God, and you, under, you need to understand how far David is willing to go to make sure that God's plan for Solomon is worked out. If you, if you have your Bible, look at chapter 28, verses 19 to 21. He says this, David concluded, by the Lord's hand on me, he enabled me to understand everything, and this is about the temple, in writing, all the details of the plan. And then David said to his son, Solomon, Be strong, be courageous, and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He won't leave you or abandon you until all the work for the service of the Lord's house is finished. He doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say, here's the plan. Look at what he says. Here are the divisions of the priests and the Levites, for all the service of God's house, every willing person of any skill will be at your disposal for the work. And the leaders of all the people are at your very command. David the king doesn't just say, hey, Solomon, God has a dying. Go do it. And then passively, aggressively undermines his son as he does his job because he's gradually hoping that it was him who built the temple. That's not what he does. He says, look, God has a masterful design for this. And it's not for me. It's for you, Solomon. And while I'm still in some form of control, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write out the plan because God's giving it to me. And I'm going to make it as clear as I possibly can for you. 
And then I'm going to go to all of the skilled people who are in the nation of Israel, and I'm going to use my chips that I have earned over the years, and I'm going to ask them to serve you in building this temple. And I'm going to ask all the skilled laborers, and I'm going to ask them to come along and to take this plan and to make it happen. And as you put your effort into it, I'm with you. And I'm going to help you every step of the way. Folks, in the church of God, in the kingdom of God, that's what we need. A group of people who are so sold out to the design of God that they say, look, here's my part. This is what I can do. I can't do all that, but I can do this. And God's asked me to do this really well, and so I'm all in. And if it helps George over here who's working hard or Sally or whoever it is that's working hard, then I'm doing it. And I'll give them every bit of my effort to make sure that the temple of God in David's case happens the way God designed it. David couldn't do what he wanted, but God still had an incredibly important plan for his life. And if he had not fulfilled that plan, Solomon's job would have been a hundred times more difficult. Because David had the chips with the people. They respected him. They knew him. They knew that he loved them. And he used those so that the temple could be built the way it should be. How about you? Are you using the gifts that God have, have given you so that the body of Christ can grow the way it's supposed to? Are you withholding that because you're not getting your way? Or God's not letting me do what I want. David said, I can't build the temple, but I can use my influence and my gifts, and I can collect everything that, that's needed, and I can make the plans, and I can find the people, and I can set the groundwork. Hey, by the way, if you've ever built anything, David did the hard part. Oh, building's difficult, but planning's, planning's hard. If you've ever planned to build anything, you know how difficult it is to get the right people at the right place, the right materials at the right place, in the right order to make that happen, and David put his all in it. He had a great response to God. And let me show you the result, the result of David's response to God, the result of a willing heart. First Chronicles chapter 29, verses 10 to 14 say this, Then David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. And David said, May you be blessed, Lord God of our father Israel, from eternity to eternity. David's saying, look, this isn't about me. This isn't even about my son Solomon. This is about you, God, because you are so great. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty. For everything in the heavens and on the earth belongs to you. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. Riches and honor come for you, from you. And you are the ruler of everything. Power and might are in your hand. And it is your hand to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? For everything comes for you, from you. And you have given, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So you understand the context of what David's saying here. If you read the verses prior to this, 
David collected silver and gold and wood and precious stone. And he collected it, first of all, from his own treasury. He gave generously from his own treasury. And then because the leadership saw that he was generous, they in turn were generous. And because the leaders were generous, the people were generous. And all that they needed to complete the temple was all right there. They had enough to do it. And David stands up and he blesses God and he says, look God, we understand something. None of this stuff that we just gave is ours. It was yours anyway. And you blessed us with it. And because you blessed us with it, we're just giving it back. And all the honor and all the glory belongs to you. It's not mine for doing a good job as a king. It's not going to be my son Solomon's because he's going to follow you. It's all yours because you're God and you're holy and you're just and you're awesome. When we get a true picture of God in our heart, we don't get full of ourselves. We get very humble. And we begin to look at God for who he really is. The creator, the sustainer, the one who holds all of life in the palm of his hand. And we go, all glory and praise goes to God. I want you to understand how far David went. If you read the verses following verse 14, you're going to find this. That the next day David called the assembly of the people together. And he made a giant sacrifice, and he crowned his son Solomon as king. And the people rejoiced. You have to understand, folks, it takes humility to hand the crown. David was a very successful king. The people loved him. He didn't get his own way to build the temple of God, and yet... He knew what was next and he was all in and he said, God, if my son Solomon is to be king and he's the one to make your temple, then here, let's put it on him. And while I'm alive, I bless him. Go, do it, be courageous. Hey, some of us who are older in our faith here, who are you handing the torch on to? Who are you handing the crown on to? Who are you saying, look, God has blessed me in ministry and I've been able to do this, but you're next. Let me bless you. Let me encourage you. Hey, let me give you all of the stuff that I've collected to be able to do ministry. Here it is. Go and be successful. Do a great job. God has a design for everything. He has a design for your life and mine. And his design is not to make us look good. It's not to make us great. It's not to make people fall in love with us. It's not make us special. It's not so that we get all of the accolades that we want in life. It's about growing his kingdom and introducing people to Jesus Christ. And your ministry and my ministry and the design of God's life for us is that we would take the gifts that he's given and we would use them to grow the kingdom of God for God's glory. Are you in? Is that what you're doing with your life, believer? Are you like David? 
Are you asking, God, what is your design for me? What part do I play? And I don't care what it is, God. I don't care if it's up front, if it's behind the scenes, if I'm the collector of stuff, if I'm the putter away of stuff. If I, I don't care what it is. God, you have a design and I'm in. Whatever it is, I'm in. I hope that's where your heart is. Because collectively, as a body of believers, if that is our heart, there is no end to what God can do with us. I'm going to pray. I'm done. I want you to think about that this morning. What part do you play, and are you in? Father, thank you so much. For this book of 1 Chronicles, thank you for the picture that we're given from the life of David and his son Solomon. Thank you for David's willingness to yield and be humble before you and allow his son to take the very job that he wanted. Thank you for the, the willingness of his heart to be used by you to make a difference for your kingdom and for his people. God, I pray that that would be our heart attitude Help us to be aware of your design for our lives. Help us to respond with a tender heart, which in turn leads us to worship you, to understand your greatness. Oh God, use us as a people to make your kingdom grow so that your name would be glorified. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Have a great week. Sinners, restless hearts